Wake up. Wake up. Get up. Yo, how y'all doing? I hope you're having a good day. I hope you're feeling well. I hope you're ready to get out there and get shit done. Yeah. Good morning. Welcome back to Thoughts by DeVille D.I. Of course, I'm DeVille D.I. Man, it's the end of the week. I'm so glad. Ready for a day off. Ready to relax. Man, before I get into the show, man, I want to uh, tell you guys about something awesome that's coming your way real soon. It's called Elite Circle. Elite Circle is a cornucopia of podcasters that have united together to bring you some of the most elite content that you're going to find out there on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Castbox, wherever you listen to podcasts, this is going to be one of the elite podcasts for you. We got an episode dropping in the next couple of days, so be on the lookout for Elite Circle. Search that hashtag. Now, I want to start this show off by saying that, look, no child should receive their plate at dinner should eat before the king before the head of the household before the bread winner the man of the house whoa 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 whoa, whoa. Easy. Easy, easy, easy easy i know that triggers some of y'all but this is a discussion that i ran into on facebook my good friend sam from uh so up with sam she was actually one of my second interview ever on my podcast. So that, that was last year. You'll have to go way, way, way back to um hear that interview. Or you probably if you if you search it interview with Samantha, you probably be able to find it real quick. But yeah. So she posted on her Facebook page a meme that said exactly that, that the children should not eat before the man on of the house. And she went on to say that, no, not in her house. In her house, the Mr. and the Mrs. eat after the children eat. Now, she did meet some heat behind this. Um, You know, people came on saying that the reason they were basically defending the man eating first based on their understanding of biblical texts, making the man, you know, God's the head of the house and then the husband is next and then the wife and so on and so forth. So they're using that as their base to defend their standpoint that the man should be the first to eat in the household. Sam was having None of that. And she was basically saying that, no, you're going to take care of them babies first. And and she went on to say, and I am proud of her and I salute her for saying, standing up and saying it, that if you need a book to tell you how to run your household, something's wrong with you. Now, <laughs> I commented on the post and Sam came and she said, hey, you, you should need to do a show about that. <laughs> so. I'm taking that as the What DeVille Thinks topic for today. Now, if you don't know, What DeVille Thinks is a segment of the show where I take a topic given to me by listeners, because she is a listener of mine. 
I take a topic given to me by the listeners and I speak on it. You can communicate these topics to me through Facebook, Thoughts by DeVille DI the Podcast on Facebook. Uh, you can go over to Instagram, D-V-I-L-L-E underscore D-I on Instagram. Tag me in memes. You can DM me, whatever. You can even shoot me something on Twitter. That's at DeVille D-I, no underscore on Twitter. And you can just hit me up in, you know, in whatever topic that you want me to speak on. And I'll speak on it. So I'm going to dig into this one right now. What DeVille thinks. DeVille thinks it's bullshit. Look. In my house, um, my daughter eats first, especially when I lived alone, when when it was just me and my daughter, or, or if it was, it doesn't matter who's around, my child is going to eat before I eat, because I want to make sure that she's fed and satisfied and had enough to eat. Before I'm even going to be comfortable with sitting down and eating myself. Like, I'm the type of dad that if I'm sitting down, if I'm eating, it doesn't matter what's going on or when was the last time she ate or did she say she wanted anything or not. I could be sitting down eating. If my daughter asks me for the food on my plate, she's going to get the food off of my plate. Because food is, eating is very serious, man. Because there, there can be times when food are, is scarce, man. There was this one time where I was just recently separated. I was in this one-bedroom apartment, and it was me and my daughter. We were staying there together. I had this one-bedroom. I used to actually sleep on an air mattress in the living room and let my daughter have my whole bed because I was afraid that, you know, like defects or something may come over and see that my daughter didn't have her own room and try to take her away from me. So I gave her the whole my whole bedroom and I sleep in on a freaking uh, air mattress in the living room. But man, I remember this one time I looked up and I had like zero dollars in my bank account. I probably had like 13 bucks in the bank and I had probably three, four more days to go before I get paid. And all I had was a package of drumettes, you know, um, and so a packet of drumettes, that's probably... It's probably 10, 10, 15 pieces of chicken in there, something like that. At the most, 20 pieces of chicken. I had ramen noodles, and I whipped up them ramen noodles, and I fed that to my baby. And I actually went back in the room, and I cried because I was disappointed in myself because that was the only thing that I was able to feed my child at the time. Now, on the flip side of the story, years later a couple years back because she's 11 now so i think she was probably eight or nine maybe and she said you remember that time when we stayed in the other place in the other apartment and we ate that chicken with the noodles i was like yeah and she was like that was one of the, my, the best meals i had that's one of my favorite meals we had and that made me feel a whole lot better man but at the time that really hurt my heart but i'm saying all that to say that at the end of the day, my child is going to eat before I, I eat. I cannot look at myself as the provider and the protector of the household. If I come home and I'm going to go dig into the pots 
or have my lady dig into the pots and make sure I get the biggest piece of the chicken and I get the heaping helping of the sides and everything else and I'm gonna sit there and fill my belly and then my children are gonna deal with what's left no it's not gonna do that there are times when uh in my living situation now there there's even times when I'll eat less for just for the fact of to make sure everybody else gets enough because I am the provider and protector at the end of the day so I have to make sure that my tribe is taken care of better uh better than I'm taken care of because you know me as the man that I am I can I'll be all right if I miss a meal I'll be okay you know what I mean and I have my resources of how to it's like uh people Overemphasize food in the first place because i remember um who was it who was it it was i think it was it was either raekwon it was ghostface that was talking about you know eating he was like people always say use the terms we eating i'm eating out here i'm eating out here it's like you could be eating but you know not that don't necessarily mean that you you have to be doing anything extravagant like and the way he broke it down was, he was like, uh, <clears throat> you can go get a pack of tuna fish for 69 cents, a loaf of bread for a dollar. Then you can go over to your local fast food joint and, you know, snatch up a couple packets of mayonnaise and mustard, relish, or whatever. You can go home and whip, whip you up some tuna fish and you can be eating, you know. You might not be eating steak, but you'll be eating. And see me as a man that I understand that that you know I'll eat something, but and I'm gonna make sure that you know those around me that I'm responsible for are going to eat good. They're gonna get the what they call the lion's share, and I'll deal with the rest because I don't need to be too heavy out here anyway. But yeah, uh, I digress. Yeah, that's food. That's tomfoolery to me, man. I even remember my mom saying when we were younger that there was a couple times when, you know, she would go without eating or wait to, to the end of the meal to eat because we didn't, I didn't grow up in one of those households where we all sat down and had dinner together. That wasn't really how we vibed, but she said, she would say there was times where she would wait you know, until make sure we all had eat, eaten and had enough before she would even eat. And to this day, my mom is still a very, very finicky eater. You know, she'll nibble on things and, you know, not necessarily just sit down and eat a whole meal at one time. I rarely see her eat a whole meal at one time. Mama, you need to eat a whole meal. But either or, like I said, I think that's some bullshit, man. You don't, how can you, as a man, put yourself, we're not even going to get into the being a mother and being, okay, we are going to get into that. How could, number one, how could you as a man sit down at the table and enjoy your meal before you know that your children are taken care of? And number two, how could you, as a mother fix a plate for a grown man before you make sure your children are fed and see that's why really 
in most traditional households, everybody sits down and eats at the same time. Everybody sits around in a traditional setting. Everybody should be sitting down at the table together, placed in front of them. You know, they do whatever rituals they go through before they eat. And then, boom, we're going to fix out the plates. Here, you take some of this, take some of that, take some of this. Get you some mashed potatoes, piece of chicken. Duh, 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 duh. We all know dad's going to end up with the big piece of chicken. But not because dad demands the big t piece of chicken. It's because the family is going to look at that father. And out of love, respect, and admiration, admiration you know what the hell I mean. They're going to present him with the big piece of chicken to show them, show him, we appreciate everything that you do, fearless leader. Yeah, we're going to keep this show moving on. Next topic, I'm going to talk about that boy Zion Williams. But first, hold on for a second. Don't go nowhere. Check out me tell you check out me tell you about my sponsors and then we're gonna move on on into the the topic of zion williams and the things that happened to him when was that wednesday night so zion williamson i think i said zion williams the first time but his name is zion williams son if you don't know who he is son he is a six i think he's six foot eight six foot nine two hundred 80 pound beast of a basketball player playing for the University of Duke. He is currently the number one draft prospect in the country. So, the other night, Duke was playing um, UNC, University of North Carolina. This is a big deal because uh, these are two of the best basketball uh, programs, college basketball programs in the country, man. I remember I was little and living in North Carolina. I had so much, so much uh, merchandise that was Duke Blue Devils, Carolina Tar Heels, uh, Carolina Wolf Pack. I had no idea what that was about when I was little. I thought the the uh, I used to think that the Duke, Duke Blue Devil logo was kind of weird. It was kind of creepy to me. I preferred the Wolf, the Wolf Pack, but. That's neither here nor there. This is a major game, man. These tickets sell for like 2000 bucks and above for a college basketball game. Just to put this in perspective, I go to Georgia Tech games. When Georgia Tech plays the University of Miami, being that the University of Miami is my favorite football team, every other year, the University of Miami plays Georgia Tech at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is maybe 45 minutes, an hour on a bad day from where I live. So I go up there and I watch the game up at Georgia Tech. That ticket cost me around 70 bucks for this football game, televised football game. A ticket for the Duke North Carolina game is like 2,000 bucks or more. Obama was at the game. That's how big this game is. Either way, man, Zion comes out, first play of the game, and busts out his damn shoe, just like the little dude Calvin in, uh, 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 what was it, Like Mike, the movie Like Mike, Lil Bow Wow, where he had them dusty Air Force Ones that made him play, you know, exceptionally well. 
And then when he's in the league playing and he busts out them shoes, I don't bust out them shoes the same way, man, and hurt himself. Now, people have been clowning all on the internet about it and actually posting memes with the Like Mike movie and talking about how, you know, the uh, Duke could have provided him with better shoes than the ones that they had in Man Man, but what I'm thinking about is that's the main reason why I feel like number one, they should allow these guys to go straight from high school to the NBA if they are physically able to in basketball because you know it only takes one bad play to end a promising career very early. Like if that man that it doesn't look like or people aren't thinking, I'm not sure if they reported on whether or not they how bad the injury was so far, but he walked off on his own power, so I don't think it was too bad. But if he tore that knee up the wrong way, that could have been the end of basketball for him, period. And I know there's people out there, well, that's why he needs his education. But you have to realize and understand that if he tears that knee up, that education is gone. Duke is not going to let him keep coming to school if he can't play basketball. The whole reason he's there is to play basketball. So that they can bring in those billions of dollars that they do for people that enjoy their basketball program. So they should allow these kids to go to the NBA from high school like they used to. I think they stopped it back in like 2005. They made uh, kids play at least one year of college ball before. Was it one and done, I think? Yeah, I think they have to play like one year before they're able to go uh, to the NBA. And I think that's nonsense because that's like telling a man who has the ability to be the CEO of a company that he has to cook fries for a year before he can be the CEO. Let that man go. Let that man get up there and make his money. You know why? Because you can complete a college degree at any time. There are lots of players, NBA, NFL, that go on and you know, they play, they, they, they uh, you know, they start their professional careers and then they'll go back to college and complete their degrees. And nobody says anything about basketball, not basketball, baseball players who come out of high school and go pro. You never hear anybody talking bad about those guys. But either way, so I think that he should wrap it up, man. I think he should go ahead and sit down. He's gave Duke like 26 games. He've increased his draft stock. I mean, he's number one. He can only go down from here. And even if he goes down, he's not going to fall very far. The dude's six foot eight, two 280 pounds of pure athleticism, jumping out of the gym, busting out of the shoes. He might even get a shoe deal out of this because somebody's going to have to come up with a shoe that's capable of containing this man. He's busting out the damn shoes. But if I was him, I wouldn't play no more. I said, screw it. I'm finna sit down, wait for the draft, and um, I'll holler at y'all. Thank you, Duke, for everything that you do. I'll be back in a couple years to get my degree. That's what I think about it. I mean, it's already, you know, a lot of talk about them not being able to, uh, the, the kids aren't able to make any money off of these programs that are making money off of them. They're getting their educations, which are overly priced in the first place. You know, a lot some of these schools they're charging forty thousand 
dollars a semester for what? For what? You're paying for it paying forty forty thousand, fifty thousand dollars a year for your college education is the equivalent of buying a a, a top label <laughs> top label clothing. You're paying for the name. Yes, people look at you different when you have a Harvard degree, a Stanford degree. Than they do if you have a uh, Georgia perimeter degree. But at the end of the day, you still have a degree. They're raping these guys out here for the, uh, raping these guys for this tuition. And I, the only reason they're doing it is to justify, you know, the people, justify them not having to compensate these, these kids, these children, these children for coming and playing for their teams because these people you got to keep in mind these young men aren't even old enough to uh legally drink you see what i'm saying we don't even know if this boy got insurance you know what i mean i don't and he's out here risking a promising career just to add on to the legacy of the school because yeah people if they go on they win a national championship Yes, people will remember that forever. But you know also what they'll remember forever if he played in the NBA, which he, you know, could jeopardize doing by keep coming out there playing on a bad knee because trust and believe nobody cares what's the extent of that knee injury. The coaches are going to want him to go on the court. I played ball before, and I know a lot of people that play ball, and the coaches are going to encourage you. To get back out there and play if you're capable of playing. Not if you're recovered. Not if you're 100%. But if you're capable of playing, they want you to play. I think the boy needs to sit out. Y'all tell me what y'all think about it. Hit me up. But y'all didn't come here for that. Y'all came here for some morning discipline. And that's what I'm going to give you. Discipline for the day. Just like I told you, you need to know when to shut up. You also need to know when to speak up. You need to know when it's time to voice your opinion. Yes, it should be calculated. It should be strategic. And you should only speak when you have something to say. Nothing's more discouraging to people that you're trying to work with, the people that you're trying to do business with, than when you're constantly talking, you're constantly running your mouth, especially if you're not saying things that are productive or beneficial a lot of people like to talk a lot so that it makes them look smart but in the end it ends making you look dumb because if you talk too much a lot of times you end up into deep water into subject matter that you are not affluent on so the best way to counteract that is to speak when you have something to say there's nothing wrong with sitting in a meeting there's nothing wrong with sitting in a class or being in a conversation and just sitting there and listening Listening gives you the best opportunity to gauge the conversation, to gauge the mood of the room, to gauge the people that you are in dealings with and come up with a proper response once it's time for you to respond. See what I'm saying? When you're doing out here doing dealings, willing and dealing, jet plane, flying, limousine, right? Let me stop. You have to be calculating. You have to be like a boxer. You have to be like a counterpuncher. Yes, there are people who run out there like Mike Tyson. I'm looking to end this in eight seconds. I'm coming straight at you like a bulldog 
with a, a, a bumblebee up his butt and I'm going to put you on the canvas. That works for some people. Not often in business, though. In business, you have to be like a counterpuncher. You have to see where this person is coming at you, and then you bob, you make them miss that one, and then you throw your shot. And then you see where, where there's another opening, and you throw your shot. Look, <clears throat> here's a great example of how this worked for me. Remember I was telling you about how I go to these uh, Georgia Tech football games. Last year, November, I went to a Georgia Tech football game, Georgia Tech versus Miami. Now, the first 10,000 people there got a Calvin, was it Calvin Johnson bobblehead? I went there. I got this bobblehead. Now, this bobblehead means absolutely nothing to me because I'm a Miami fan. I'm not a Georgia Tech fan. <clears throat> I'm not a Calvin Johnson fan. So, I could care less about this bobblehead. I've already have plans to go home and post this thing on eBay and sell it. I'm sitting on the uh I'm sitting I'm sitting up in the stands and a guy next to me he says they've been drinking heavily. They've been drinking, they've been drinking, and he says, Look, <clears throat> my friend wasn't able to get one of those bobbleheads. And I'm assuming you're since you're a Miami fan, I'm ducked out in Miami gear. He says, I'm assuming since you're a Miami fan, that bobblehead probably doesn't mean much to you. <clears throat> I'm like, no, it doesn't. He's like, would you be willing to sell it? I said, yes. He says, how much? I told him, tell him to make me an offer. I could have threw out a price there. I was thinking about 10, 20 bucks. You know what? I end up making $50 because that's what he offered me because I knew to shut up and make him make the first move. Take this information and use it how you will. But remember to be the reason somebody's motivated and masturbated because Either way, you made a difference. Make sure you get a breakfast up in you because you're going to need that energy while you're out here getting shit done. And do me that one favor. I always ask you have an amazing day.